So let's talk about your book first. It's called The Reluctant Artist, Navigating and Sustaining a Creative Path. Now, I know you probably get this question a lot, but why reluctant? Well, yes, that's a good question. People are curious about that word. And I chose that word um, because I think it illustrates the fact that anytime you're pursuing a dream or a sense of a life calling, that's going to come with kind of inherent challenges along the way. And so even though it might be something you're really gung-ho to do or, you know, have a lot of enthusiasm or passion for, the reality is the road to kind of achieve these life dreams isn't always easy. And so I thought the word reluctant was interesting because it just illustrates the fact that we can experience that at times along the path for whatever our chosen dream is. Yeah, sometimes these things choose us as much as we choose them. And sometimes I do feel like I'm being dragged along on some crazy journey, you know, and I haven't packed for it well, and I don't might not have the right raincoat, but I'm going anyway. And for me, that's what resonated with me when I think about the reluctant part. Yes, exactly. I think a lot of times people who have creative dreams in particular often experience that feeling. I know I do of kind of being chosen <laughs> and it wasn't something you necessarily asked for, but it's like a, an inner, you know, compulsion or drive, like it's something you must see through. And, and yeah, and I think, you know, there's plenty of ups and, and plenty of downs. And so I thought, you know, reluctance brings a sense of honesty to the process um, that even though there can be really great rewards, there's uh you know, inherent challenges, and, and but they can be overcome. Now, you're a mixed media artist, a muralist. You work in wall-sized book sculptures, and you're writing a second book. What r role does writing itself play in your creative process? Well, you know, I've always been a journaler from when I was a little kid. I had a diary, you know, that's how it began. <laughs> writing in that way has always helped me just process my thoughts, kind of clear my head, um, so that's been a useful practice for me my whole life. And, you know, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. And she talks about morning pages, which is this idea of just writing several pages freehand every morning to get everything in your system out that needs to get out, just to kind of clear the way for creativity and creative work to emerge. So that's always been helpful for me. Um, and then I'd, you know, the kind of writing that I've done, like in terms of for this book or, articles I've written, blog posts, that kind of writing to me feels like um, it's very much an extension of my creative process in the sense that it's part of my overall creative umbrella. So if I look at my artistry, I often think of it as like this tree with different branches and, you know, art is one branch and murals is another. And the writing is just another branch that um, of creative expression. So that's another outlet for me is, is the creative expression piece. You're a big advocate of public art, and that means you're making art in public. And I was really thinking about this when I was considering these questions. And I think I've heard you talk about before that there's a kind of collaboration in that, not even implied, is literal. People might comment or talk to you while you're working. To give people some context first, though, could you talk a little bit about some of the public art projects you've done? Sure. Yeah, well... The collaboration, you're right. It's definitely on a different scale when you're creating art in public. Um, it involves, obviously, the community. And then also, usually, there's an organization that's behind it, too, in terms of funding and things like that. So for the mural work, at least the way I began mural work was through a nonprofit started in Santa Monica. And now they do work all over L.A. and 
and the United States called Beautify Earth. And their whole mission is to beautify public walls and recruit local artists to do so. So the first mural I painted in Santa Monica was kind of through, came about through a connection with them. And that was a really great experience. A more recent public art project I did was for the airport, LAX. This was a uh, public installation of some of my book art. And that whole process began again with um, the Department of Cultural Affairs in the city of LA, as well as uh, a team of people they have at the airport who help coordinate these temporary installations throughout all their terminals. And again, I can't say enough good things about working with those organizations. Uh, you know, just the fact that they provide funding at all for artists to kind of realize their dreams is huge and such a big boon for the arts in LA. So, yeah, so the collaboration began with these different funding organizations, but then, of course, translates into the community's reaction to the work, their experience of it. So there's a lot of uh, engagement. Do people come up to you or have you had this experience of people coming up to you and say, hey, did you do that? Or I really like this mural and you, you know, let them talk for a while and then you say, hey, by the way, I did that. Yeah, you know, I have had that happen. I mean, sometimes it will happen um, online via like an Instagram tag or something like that. But I recently had that experience here in uh, Mexico where I'm currently living. I was uh, leaving a meeting I had been attending with um, several people and we actually walked by the mural that I've painted here, but I don't, none of them knew that I had painted it. And this one woman stops in our group looks at the mural. She's like, Oh, I just love this mural. <laughs> and it was just funny because I was standing right there and I was like, Oh, I, I painted that. I mean, it, I felt a bit awkward, <laughs> but, uh, I know, but it was fun, you know, just to have those interactions happen. How does creative work make you feel? How does it feel to get started on something and how does it feel to complete it? When I start something, I often feel like in the flow state, which is a great state to be in because you're excited by a new idea and kind of engaged with a sense of where a new project could go or, you know, just a sense of possibility. I begin a project kind of just with a sense of what could be. And so that's always fun. I enjoy that initial spark of ingenuity or that aha moment when a new idea surfaces. And then, you know, I think when I finish something, there's, of course, a sense of satisfaction and accomplishment, but also kind of this sense of detachment and that, that's required in order to let go. Knowing when to stop, knowing when to let go, that's a real skill. And it's hard. Knowing when to stop each day can be hard. And certainly knowing when to stop and let go of something and say, okay, this is done. That can be hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very hard. And especially, you know, I'm a perfectionist. And so that's something I have to watch. And again, I, there's also this sweet spot, I think, with the creation when it really reaches its best point. And the trick is to recognize when that is and release it. Because often when I overwork things, they deteriorate. Like it, the overworking doesn't usually lead anything to a better place for me in my experience. So it's kind of tuning into that fine balance and, and when that middle ground is reached, I think. Some of that is this idea of the rewards of creative work. Like, is that feedback loop working. For some people, it's very internal. You know, the work is its own reward. And for others, they're only going to get a good feeling about it when they get public feedback. Where are you on that? I think I fall, I mean, I can fall in the middle of the spectrum, but I think more often I fall closer to the side of the reward being internal. 
I mean, I certainly enjoy the external connection that comes with other people when you do get feedback and there's communication around a project. I do enjoy that kind of engagement, but it's not really what motivates me. So I'm, I'd say I'm really more internally driven. And so at the end of the day, I'm really quite content making kind of what I feel needs to be made in the world, regardless of, you know, whether or not I get a certain feedback from someone or their approval, because I think I just find the act of creation itself inherently satisfying. So that drives me more than a certain kind of external feedback. Yeah, I would say it's the healthiest. I mean, there are times I'll ask my wife, Tabby, what she thinks of something. And I'll, before I say that, I'll say, just say you like it. Just Just like it. Exactly. You know, if you get into this feedback loop of what do other people think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? It it really leads down a dark road. It can be hard. I agree. And then you don't really have a strong sense of yourself either, I would say. You know, it's like how much of you is defined by what others are saying that something should be versus your own inner kind of conviction of what a creation should be. Yeah, I feel like it's a stronger place to create from when you can have a a strong inner compass. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What do you think has been your best work over the past few years? And this could be just some work that you were very grateful to do or something that surprised you or that you pushed out beyond what you thought you could do. I'd say in terms of like my best work, in terms of having, yes, like a real sense of accomplishment and feeling stretched beyond what I thought possible, probably I would go back to the first mural I created. You know, technically, in terms of like the craft of painting, it was not my best work, but it was my best work in the sense of the possibility it kind of created within me. So, you know, I didn't know anything about mural painting before I began it. And so I didn't map out any of it ahead of time on the wall, which is, you know, what a muralist normally will do. I was just thinking, oh, you know, I'll go up to the wall and start painting. And (laughs) this was probably the hardest way to accomplish it because you don't have perspective when you're right up against the wall. But, you know, it ended up turning out well regardless. And you know, later on, when I described this approach to another mural artist, he said to me, you know, wow, he's like, if you can do that, meaning just paint it out freehand on the wall, you can do anything. And I think that statement, it stayed with me all these years, because it really lit me up and bolstered uh, both a sense of possibility and accomplishment. So yeah, I think that was my best work in terms of just a feeling of, yeah, I I can do this and and whatever else I want to set my mind to. That's a great story. I love that. I was reading that you taught how to nurture creative freedom at the University of Hong Kong. What do you think a first step would be for some people? Yeah, you know, I'd say permission that that's your first step. You know, it's amazing how many great and innovative ideas get stopped right in our own heads before they even have a chance to see the light of day. And I think we all find ways to shoot down, you know, what could be really valuable contributions to the world. And we doubt ourselves. So I think to really nurture our innate sense of creativity, we need to start with giving ourselves permission to explore any idea and see where it could go. Hey, Karen, thanks so much for doing this call with me. Yeah, thank you, Lee. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on.